In the past few years, we've heard the term free agents and been told we would all need to become one in order to succeed. The recent economic structures have helped to promote this concept as reality. Where do we get the tools to take control of our career path in the present and future? Welcome to The Career Confidant with your host, Marie Zimanoff. Marie and her guest experts are here to provide you with the tools you need to move forward and achieve your career goals. Now, here is Marie Zimanoff. Welcome to The Career Confidant, and good afternoon if you are tuning in live. If you're downloading the podcast, thank you for doing that. This is your host for The Career Confidant, Marie Zimanoff, and I'm so happy that you've joined us today for a great up-and-coming topic in the career world, and that's why we're here, right? And that's why you all listen in, is because each week we are addressing career management and leadership development topics to help you move forward in your career and really take control of your career direction. So each week I share my experience helping thousands of professionals advance their careers, and I bring in industry leaders to provide career intelligence for you. And so if you are listening today and you want to ask a question, you'll have an awesome opportunity to ask a question about career change, job search, resumes, career advancement to myself or my my wonderful guest here. And you can call in live at 866-472-5790 or email me at marie, M-A-R-I-E, at astrategicadvantage.com. And so today, we are welcoming Gayla Jackson, and Gayla is the millennial career expert, and you're just going to enjoy listening to Gayla. She's high energy. She's the CEO and career management consultant at Interview Snob. Got to love that. And she really focuses on helping higher education institutes, institutions and new graduates, millennials, navigate their career growth and find something that's fulfilling and successful. Doesn't that sound great for all of you millennials out there who've been struggling? So, Gayla, welcome to the show. Hi, Marie. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be with you and your audience today to answer a few questions about millennials and what's going on with their careers. Yeah. So most of us know this, but I hear different things. So share with me what you found in your research defines a millennial. What What's the year range that we're talking about it, these millennials fit into? That's a great question. And so for me, there is a lot of research out there, of course, that I'm looking at and studying about millennials. But to capture that full age range, that generation, um, I go with the definition that those individuals that are born between 1980 and 2000, um, those are the millennial generation. So they can be as young as uh, 12, 13, uh, and then go all the way up to, to 30, 31, 32 years of age. So it's a pretty broad uh, spectrum there, but uh, the bulk of millennials are those that are entering college, currently in college, and then those that are just graduating uh, from college. Okay. Good. It is a wide age range, which I find interesting. Mm-hmm. I think that the X age range is kind of small compared to the the boomer and the and the Gen Y millennial kind of age range. But so knowing that that's the the age range, and I I think that my listeners probably know this, but I, to let them in on a little secret, I am a millennial, right? Oops, sorry. <laughs> you've been listening to one for a year if you've been paying attention, but um, yay! yay! So. What are some of the 
factors that the research talks about has shaped our generation? You know, they talk about JFK and some of those things with the the boomers. What are some of the things that people are talking about in terms of shaping this millennial generation? Yeah, so just like what you were saying, it is a pretty broad range. It's a really large generation. Uh, More than 80 million millennials are currently on the earth right now, which is a really large number. Uh, But there have been a lot of factors that have shaped this generation, and I think this is why this generation is larger than other generations. This generation is the most educated and the most technologically advanced generation that we've seen in the history um, of people (laughs) being on the earth. And so that is two huge factors that really affect this generation, not to mention they're also really affected by their parents. So you would notice back um, in the late 1970s, early 1980s, we start to see a shift um, in, in parenting and t- seeing some changes with that. And that really has affected this generation. Um, and even within the millennial generation, I think you can delineate um, certain types of parenting. We've all heard of the helicopter parent that's very hands-on, um, very proactive in doing things for or with um, their children. Um, there's the generation that had children a lot younger, uh, than other generations, as well as um, parents that had children a lot later in life. Um, so that affects this generation as well in the way that we see work. We also saw a huge influx in women entering the workforce um, and being uh, the breadwinners or the sole providers for their families, and that affects this generation as well. So for me, I pay attention to those three areas, the education and access to education that this generation has, the technology which opens up a whole new world of interconnectedness and information uh, through technology. Um, And then, of course, the parenting style and the home life, the environment in which that child was raised, um, all affects the millennial generation that we see assuming uh, leadership roles and employment opportunities currently. Okay, good. Yeah, I. It's funny. I've been. I wrote an article on LinkedIn about how to not act your age if you're over fifty. Right. Some of the little things uh-huh. that people who are over fifty do that kind of tip the rest of us off to the fact that they're maybe not as up to the times. And starting to put together an article about millennials and not acting your age. And one of the things that I heard a speaker say not too long ago was that he was sick of millennials. thinking that they could Google everything, right? Right. I don't have to listen to you. I don't have to know anything because I can Google anything. Uh, That's just probably not true, but... (laughs) Right, but can you blame them? I mean, never before has there been such a great resource directly at your fingertips where you can just literally log on almost anywhere in the world and type in a question in Google search and find the answer. We just never, uh, previous generations have just never had that luxury. And so I, to some degree I can understand and even agree that you cannot Google everything. Some things you just have to experience and learn and develop on your own. But man, it sure is nice to get on Google and ask that quick question and get the information literally at your fingertips in a matter of seconds. Yeah. So tell us, maybe some of the factors that are shaping the career development of millennials. So you developed this kind of uh, process that you see millennials go through when they're trying to launch their career. Walk me through that process and then kind of give me an overview and then we're going to dig into that process and where some of the challenges occur. Right. 
so I too am a millennial. I just just made the mark, <laughs> just like you, Marie. Um, and so my work with millennials over the last uh, roughly eight years in higher education, um, and then of course now being a business owner and CEO for the last three years with Interview Snob and working with literally thousands of college students, I started to notice kind of a footprint of what's happening with these students, and I'm sure that your listeners can identify with a lot of these things as well. Um, the first step, of course, is graduation. Uh, walking across the stage, we finally finished that degree in about five or six years. As you all know, uh, many college students don't finish in four years for a variety of reasons and legitimate reasons uh, at that. Uh, but they walk across the stage and they finally get this degree. And for a lot of millennials, they believe that they're entitled uh, to a job because they completed college and worked so hard to um, get access to that education and um, matriculate through uh, college. And so the second step is ambition and entitlement. Uh, millennials come out of um, that college uh, with so much ambition and entitlement and saying, it's my time to get a job and not just any job, a good paying job with great benefits and wonderful flexibility and the office with the window next to the CEO so I can share my thoughts and opinions. Um, so there's a lot of ambition and entitlement that comes right after graduation. And so um, sometimes it's difficult for um, recent college grads to manage some of that, and even some millennials who have gone beyond um, uh, the recent graduate stage and have been in their first job for a couple of years, um, they're starting to kind of say, well, where, where's the career progression? Why am I not in the leadership role yet like I want to be, like I should be, because I was raised to be a leader, to be involved, and to be heard, um, going back to that parenting we talked about. The third um, piece of the cycle that they go through is they start to ask questions. You know, they say, why am I not getting a job? What's the problem here? What's going on? And they place the blame on the employers. Well, employers just believe all these stereotypes about millennials. They don't understand uh, what we need. They're asking for too much. Um, they're expecting too much. And so we place the blame on other people. Um, but as you know, over time, uh, and this takes us to our fourth step, we start to realize that maybe it's not just the employers. You know, how can it be that all 50 jobs that I applied to, I didn't get any callbacks or um, get the job out of those um, opportunities with those different employers. Um, and they start to say, okay, maybe it's me, right? And they start having conversations, one with their parents, but with other mentors, with other millennials, um, with their um, their friends. And they say, what's going on in the job market? You know, maybe, maybe something's going on with me. Maybe something's going on with us. And there they start the growing process, um, the introspective process of looking internally to say, you know, what's going on? Am I really communicating my skill set? Do I need additional schooling? Um, or what's going on in my network? Am I not utilizing it effectively? And that takes us to the fifth step, which is adjusting expectations. Um, and this piece is something that I think that we're really focusing on now um, with those recent grads that are coming out is adjusting the expectations. They know that unemployment is still high. Um, they start to see the shift with a lot of entrepreneurial ventures um, and start pursuing those as options. Um, they realize that they may not get that $70,000, $90,000 starting salary that they were expecting. And so they start adjusting their expectations and really doing some research in the workforce market um, to learn more about the reality of the workforce. Um, and step number six, they start taking ownership and saying, you know, I could do some things better. I could communicate my value proposition in a different way. I could seek out a professional resume writer or a personal branding coach. I can leverage my network more, grow my network, start going to more um, networking events 
to really get in front of potential employers and um, parties that can help me um, get a job with a potential employer, um, which takes us now to step seven is start to engage in more personal development. Um, so taking advantage of different opportunities free um, and those that, you know, have an investment um, cost associated with them to really make sure that they're as polished um, as they can be personally, that they um, spend some time investigating their value system, what's important to them, um, looking beyond just a job to the right job and a right fit for them. And then, of course, engaging in any professional development that may need to happen. Um, that's where you see some students go back to grad school um, or get certifications or take on some leadership um, activities to help build out their resume and help them stand out as a candidate. And then in step nine, you start to see them land the job. Um, they've done the internal work, and then they're starting to do the external work of really cultivating their personal brand, um, understanding really what they want out of their job and their career, um, and the type of lifestyle they want, and really putting all those pieces together. Um, and shortly after that, once they land the job and they start to get some really good work experience and reinforce their values and um, who they want to become and what they want to do with their career, you start to see some career success finally for those students. Okay. So that's the career development cycle. I know that was really long, but it's a very detailed process that I've uh, worked on in craft with clients. Okay. Well, hopefully people were listening and taking some notes, but we're going to go back through those pieces a little bit. We'll, we'll po- pick and poke. But the idea okay. is that, and what I think you get even just from that overview, is that it's it's not a shortcut, right? Absolutely. <laughs> that there, there isn't no a shortcut. shortcut. Yeah. Right. And that, and, and we'll talk about that a little bit more, but that it's a process and that really that process, I see most types of career changers go through um, mm-hmm. today, right? It's that nobody Absolutely. gets a quick fix today. You don't get an engineering degree and and get a super ideal paying job today as like you did even five years ago, right? When, mm-hmm. when my husband was graduating engineering college six or seven years ago, I now... It was a more direct process, but today the process is longer for everybody, whether they're a new college graduate or a 50-year-old transitioning person, right? Right, and I think that's such a great point to mention is that there's no shortcuts for anybody, and it really is a lot of work to go through the job search process now. Particularly for millennials, uh, the job market is changing so quickly, especially with technology, and in some cases the jobs that recent graduates will apply for don't even exist yet, right? Um, or they're just slowly starting to come to the forefront. And so that is difficult. And then, of course, being the most educated generation, the most technologically advanced generation, it's very competitive. Um, and you yeah. see a lot of articles posted about that, how to differentiate yourself, how to articulate your value proposition, how to set yourself apart as a candidate. And that's hard to do when you're competing with um, other very talented, gifted individuals um, with a job market that's constantly changing and you're constantly being evaluated in different ways throughout the job search process. Uh, now with, you know, the opportunity to use technology to search your social media, to see what your digital footprint looks like and not just your education um, or experience. And so there are a lot of factors that are really affecting uh, the workforce. And so it's definitely true that it's just not that easy to get a job like it used to be. It was a linear line and it's definitely not anymore. 
Yeah. Well, we are going to take a short break, and we'll come right back, and we're going to dive into more of this process here with Gayla Jackson. So we'll be back in just a few minutes. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Simonoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. Bob Pritchard has over 30 years of experience as a straight-talking business consultant and author working with some of the top Fortune 500 companies. Now he's come to the Voice America Business Channel to help you and your business. Tune in to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show for information about starting and successfully running a profitable business. From the movers and shakers to great marketing screw-ups, you can't afford to miss a single edition of the Bob Pritchard Radio Show, Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at astrategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Well, welcome back to The Career Confidant, and we are here talking today with Gayla Jackson, millennial career expert. And right before the the break here, Gayla was going through the 10 steps in the career cycle for millennials, and I think it's funny. You know, we talk about graduation obviously being kind of the first step, um, and then this ambition and entitlement, and I think it's funny because you don't want to admit that about yourself, but I remember when I graduated, I was working at at a recreation center on a campus, and I just thought that I would get the job, right? I worked, mm-hmm. I worked hard, and now I had my degree, and I'd been doing the job, and I think it's still a little hard for me to admit that I was entitled and that I probably didn't do the things that I could have done to earn that job I thought that I should just get it because I'd been there and thankfully I had enough time there to find another job but I went through that process of um, why am I not getting any of these jobs I'm so overqualified and that whole process of of that entitlement right and then kind of as you said that reality piece hits of hmm it might 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 not be everybody else when everybody else is having the same approach to me. It may be me, right? Right, right. We are a generation of winners. Um, that's one of the things that um, affects us. That we were talking about the three factors or main factors uh, that affect millennials, and it goes back to parenting. I think a large portion of the millennial generation was taught that everybody's a winner. Everybody wins. 
Um, you just try your best. Um, and then, you know, the concept of the helicopter parent, you know, making sure that their child gets uh, what they believe they deserve. And so it does kind of foster that sense of entitlement. Um, there is the belief that if I work hard at something that I should get something in return. Um, and so I think that a lot of millennials sometimes struggle with that sense of entitlement. They have a lot of ambition. They feel like they've done a really um, great job at being engaged or in school or diversifying um, their experiences, and they do feel entitled. Um, and, and as a generation as a whole, um, there are a lot of transactional relationships. You get, you give. You put in this, you get this back out. And so that does foster that sense of entitlement uh, in the workforce. And um, as we all know, it just does not happen that way uh, anymore. Yeah, and, you know, I don't, we didn't have the whole everybody wins thing, but I think it was more the degree that I had worked hard, and I hear um, younger and millennials say that quite often, you know, I, I got my degree, doesn't that mean something? And really in today's workforce, it doesn't, right? Everybody has right. a degree, and the base for most jobs is a degree, and boy, are you struggling. If you don't have one, I think you definitely have to have one of something, right, whether it's a, a trade right. school or a university, but it's not a differentiator, and I think I really expected it to be. And I think you're absolutely right about that, and I think um, for individuals who, um, like yourself, that didn't have, you know, everybody's uh, a winner um, type of mentality, I think everybody has um, experienced this in terms of uh, the, the cost of an education and the expectation that in order to get a good job, you have to go to school and get a degree, preferably a four-year degree. And, and somehow we've created um, that if you go to a two-year school, eh, you might get an okay job. But if you go to a four-year school, you're going to get a better job. And there is some truth in that. But I think when you invest, you know, 20, 30, 40, in some cases $100,000 in a degree, you do expect a return on your investment because you're told this is what it takes to get a good job and this is what I have to do. And I think that that, um, fuels the way millennials feel about the workforce is that they've invested in their education. It has cost them something to go to school, um, sacrifice uh, for not only them but for their families as well. And for some of them, they're a first-generation college student, and so they really are carrying the weight of their family on their back and the success of the future of their families. And so for those students, um, which I think is a large number of individuals, we do want to get some return on our investment. If I'm going to put all this money into going to school, I should be able to get a job that not only pays me enough to live a lifestyle that I want, but it's going to pay me enough to pay back the student loans that I took out. And that's a huge conversation for a lot of millennials, and that fuels a lot of the entitlement piece as well. Yeah, well, and uh, Forbes had an article, and I was looking at some of the millennial stuff, and they had an article about paralysis, right? And this mm -hmm. paralysis of millennials in choosing the wrong career or taking the wrong job, and part of that fuels, part of that is the fuel of I got this degree now I want to use it, but mm -hmm. I'm I'm working with a millennial right now who is out of work for almost a year and a half after graduation and it, and you know now we're at the point where it's you got to go back like you said in that step seven and eight personal development and professional development you, you're probably not going to get a job based on that degree you got even though you spent a lot of money because it's been a year and a half since you graduated right exactly and you know, that's an important thing, too. You know, more colleges and universities are really pushing um, students to declare a major much earlier 
Um, and so that is important, right? Um, the trouble with that is sometimes there's not always resources that really um, help students figure all of that out in a kind of a one-on-one relationship. Sure, there are workshops and um, opportunities that you can take advantage of to kind of figure out some of those things, but um, students are being asked to declare majors much earlier, and um, for a lot of students, they declare a major based on uh, the opportunity to make money, the return on their investment. Well, I'm going to be um, a biology major because I want to go on and be a doctor because being a doctor will give me enough money to pay back my student loans and afford the lifestyle that I want to have. Um, and so that's one track millennials go down. Another train of thought and a track that I personally ascribe to is find out what you're passionate about. You know, what really matches your personality and your skill set and your desired work, what you naturally do, what's your natural rhythm, um, and the money will come. Um, you know, like it's not just having a degree translates to a certain amount of money, but I believe in the fact that if you do something you're really passionate about and that you really love, um, your qualities and your natural gifts and abilities will shine, and that will lead to opportunities for you to make money, in some cases make more money. Um, than what you thought you would make doing a track that had a specific dollar amount, you know, associated to it or perception of a perceived dollar amount associated with it. Yeah. Well, and I'm definitely a strengths-based person as well. And it's actually there's data around it, right? Gallup did all of this gathering Mm -hmm. of data that showed people who did things that were in line with their strengths actually made more money. Makes sense, right? You're going to get promoted. You're going to do better work and... And I think that that's something that the millennial struggles with. And I remember working with a, a gentleman who was maybe a little bit younger than than us. And he said, you know, I want to make six figures and I want some flexibility in my schedule. And I said, great, right? You know what you want. That's awesome. Now, right. how can we do that with some acknowledgement of your skill set and your strengths, right? Because mm-hmm. we can't. To me, we can't do any of it in a vacuum. It can't just be our passions. It's also got to be the reality of, of our skill set and right, the, the exactly. workplace. And it's a, it's a great mixing of those things that leads to something that meets our goals for life, right? Making the money mm-hmm. we want to make and, or getting whatever else it is that we want to get out of our, our time at work. Exactly. And I think, you know... Um, and studies, you know, can show this, they support this, and some studies don't support this. But I'll speak about my personal experience. I think one of the best things I could have ever done was declare a speech communication major when I was in undergrad um, because that totally opened the door for me to do a variety of careers. So I had a really solid foundation in communication, but then I could also get additional certifications or trainings um, to help me build out um, my speciality or area of specialization um, that I wanted to focus on in my career. And so I chose to do that with a master's degree. That was my experience to get a, um, a degree that would allow me to go to a variety of different areas. My emphasis was in organizational communication. I was able to kind of figure some of that out. But then once I figured out what it was that I wanted to do in working in colleges and universities, I was able to get more of a specialized degree in higher ed administration. And so I think that that worked really well for me um, in figuring out, you know, kind of what I wanted to do with my career and career path. Yeah, and I think it's one of the things I love about quote-unquote liberal arts education 
is that it's so versatile. It also makes mm-hmm. it more challenging, right? If you get an engineering yeah. degree, you're going to be an engineer. And that doesn't always work out as straight path as it sounds either. And I think that sometimes we oversell the straight path, right? Yeah, if you get absolutely. this engineering degree, you're going to get an engineering job. Well, not not necessarily. You still have to work for it, right? And, right. and there's there's still there's still steps that have to be taken and things that have to be done to land that job too. So the liberal arts education, and I got a, a degree in science and psychology, but I also got the liberal arts part of the degree in terms of being Phi Beta Kappa, which I didn't even know what that meant coming from a small town. And, <laughs> and <laughs> I mean, I wasn't a first generation college student, but I just had no idea what that meant. And then I was like, oh yeah, it's this liberal arts education that I took just because I wanted the language and I wanted the, yeah. the literature as part of my degree. So thinking about the challenge that that creates when we come back from our break, we're going to talk a little bit more about the challenges that millennials face during this process, right? What are some of the biggest challenges that they face? And, and maybe, Gila, what um, steps in that process tend to be the, the hardest? And if you have any tips for listeners on getting through those steps, resources, things that they can reach out to to move themselves a little bit faster, a little bit smoother through this process, that would be great. So we'll be back in just a few minutes, and we're going to continue talking to Gayla Jackson, millennial career expert, about the process for millennial careers and how you can move yourself or maybe your son and daughter a little faster through this process. So we'll be back in just a few minutes. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Simonoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. Today, enterprise technology is both strategic and global. Each week on CIO Talk Radio, IT thought leaders from around the world share their experiences with listeners as they discuss with Sunjog All how they are trimming costs and partnering with business to innovate and help IT become more competitive. This means better care for customers and improves the corporate bottom line. If you want to keep up with IT thought leadership, listen to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjog All every Wednesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel, the bottom line in business talk. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. 
If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at a strategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant, and today we are talking with Gayla Jackson, millennial career expert, and we've gone through her millennial career cycle, right from graduation to this ambition and entitlement, no job, is it the employers, no job still, oh wait, it's me, Um, adjusting those expectations, taking ownership of where you're going in your career, getting the personal and professional development that you need to get into what you want to go into. I think maybe that's one of the biggest things that I've learned is that the college degree and even a master's degree, it's never enough, right? I think I've earned mm-hmm. at least another master's degree in training as a, as a coach and a resume writer. And then we finally land the job, right? And, and then we can start to build some career success. So, Gayla, let's talk about what you see as some of the main challenges for millennials as they navigate that that cycle. Right. Um, so there are several challenges that millennials face. Um, the workforce is very different from when our parents or grandparents were entering the workforce, as we mentioned earlier. Um, at that time, it was more of a linear, direct uh, approach, but it's very different for us now. And um, the first thing I would say is that there is no denying unemployment. Um, it definitely exists. It is uh, very high still in a lot of different areas across the country and um, high um, across uh, across the board. And so that's a challenge uh, for millennials is combating that unemployment. Um, the other piece to that is um, the way the workforce um, continues to change. It's rapidly changing, especially um, with technology. And so there's the creation of, of new jobs every day. Um, and so for some college students or some that are entering into college by the time they graduate, um, there will be new jobs that did not exist before they entered um, into college. And so that is a huge challenge uh, for millennials um, and recent college grads to navigate. Um, the job market is very competitive, right, due to unemployment, um, due to um, the increase in access to education and all of the degrees that are available to students. It's a competitive market, and it's really hard to differentiate yourself and figure out um, what your value proposition is and how to effectively market that. Um, so that's important. And the other challenge I would mention is personal branding. Um, a lot of millennials, you know, we're just we're hungry for a job. We're desperate for a job that will take almost anything as long as it's kind of in the general vicinity <laughs> of what we want to do or pays a um, the salary that we're kind of seeking to obtain. And so uh, we need to do a better job of of branding ourselves for specific industries to try and land the job um, and really communicate our values and skills in relation to specific industries or positions. Yeah, and I think you mentioned during our break that there's this specialist piece in that that is really difficult for a new grad, right? That all... All of the job search world, the workforce is moving towards this kind of specialist mentality where mm-hmm. I don't want a generalist. I want someone who's really good at this or fits this little box. And for a new graduate, that's even more challenging because they have a hard time building their brand as a, a specialist. It's scary, right? And right. for all the all the reasons we talk about that being scary, and they just don't feel like they have the experience to do that. 
Right, and that definitely is a challenge uh, for recent grads. And even though it's scary, it's not too difficult to do. It's just a matter of applying yourself and doing the work. And so like we were saying earlier, um, you could start off with a more generalist degree but then brand yourself um, in a specialist type of way or getting a minor to support um, you being a specialist. But with the advance in technology and all this information available to us, it's really about building your personal brand from this sense of maybe not so much formal education from a college or university, but maybe it's just getting your certificate or getting a designation to help specialize yourself or it's doing the research and following the trends in that industry and following the latest news in that industry, following specific companies, and then being able to comment or blog or write articles that share your perspective and your approach on that industry or the challenges in that industry. Because what employers are looking for today are individuals who can help their company earn more money um, and looking for individuals to solve problems. And so that's why you see this emphasis in a specialist kind of area. And so I would encourage millennials to really seek out some certifications that are um, really relevant and hot or fresh in their industry and pursuing those. Um, taking the opportunity to um, do research, continuing to be a lifelong learner, and staying abreast of the most important trends and news that's happening in that industry, and going to conferences if they can, especially when they're in a nearby city, um, driving over and participating in that conference, and then blogging, you know, sharing on their social media outlets, whether it's Twitter, um, LinkedIn, um, creating a personal uh, website or a landing page for themselves and saying, you know, my research in college was on this. I'm studying this. I've been to this conference. Um, I'm paying attention to these articles and trends. And really letting employers know that you're knowledgeable about the information in the industry and that you have ideas on how to create solutions. And that really gets uh, recruiters and employers going is knowing that you've kind of built your personal brand and that you're very knowledgeable about that um, particular industry. Well, and I think the other thing those things do is that they also dispel that myth of of the entitlement and the, I don't need to learn anything else, right, because you're demonstrating exactly. that you're out there actively trying to learn new things and that you know you need to do that to, to succeed. And it's, you know, I know that it's um, not the school's fault or responsibility, but I get very frustrated that, person I was talking about who's been out of, of work for a year and a half since graduation, he, there's a certain skill set that this person doesn't have and doesn't like to use that in their degree path is absolutely necessary. It's the way the whole industry is moving. It's in every single aspect of that degree path. And I don't understand how a school would not communicate that to a student, that if you don't like to do this, you're, you know, you're going to have a hard time finding a job in that, and or you, you might not like this, but there are some really key skills you need to learn in it to be able to find a, a job in this right. career path. This big, huge world that should be wide open to him is narrowed because of a skill set that he doesn't have and really doesn't want to promote. Right. That's definitely true. And um, I share the same sentiments. And um, I know you know this because we share um, backgrounds in higher education. Um, There's definitely um, a shortage in professional staff to serve um, the rapid growing number of students who attend colleges and universities. As you know, a lot of universities and colleges are understaffed. 
And so that presents some challenges there. And I think, you know, too, um, you know, with organizations, going into some of that organizational communication background, it takes time for organizations to change and to get on board um, with things that need to happen. Um, and so that's important, you know, for colleges and universities and, and even um, in institutions in the K-12 through system to really um, help students really kind of figure out some of their strengths and um, do research on the job market and be familiar with, just like what you said, um, what it really takes to um, pursue this career path or what it really takes to figure out what you want to do and um, not just think in terms of dollar signs and, and for a particular lifestyle, but really thinking in the sense of what really is a good fit for me and where am I going to shine. Um, and that's really important. Yeah, and I would just challenge the millennial themselves as I challenge job seekers and as the whole purpose for this show, right? It, it really is yours. Don't wait until Absolutely. step six to take the ownership while you're in yeah. school. You can be researching, right? I think we always expect that our professors, our teachers know everything. And, it, you know, it's it's maybe that we're not even writing, asking the right questions, but it's right. also that, that those people aren't out in the work world and if that's where we want to be is out in that work world it's really our responsibility to know what it takes to get there and and yes our our career centers and our advisors are, are trying and they they've got some room to grow there too i think they've they've know that and as a as a millennial i i wish that i would have taken a little bit more proactive steps when I was in undergrad, although that would have meant today that I'd probably be a clinical psychologist instead of a career <laughs> counselor. But <laughs> if I, yeah. you know, I got ready to apply to grad school and it was like, well, what research have you done? And I was like, um, research? Right. Wait a minute. What? What was that? Research? <laughs> I, you know, no, you I had no idea. A... No idea yeah, that I had a... to have some research to get into a graduate school program. So it, I, those pieces that that I wish I would have done, you know, I think it's important for uh, millennials that are coming after us to realize that, and, you know, our teachers and professors and, and advisors can't do it all for us, unfortunately. Yeah, I, I, I hear you, and you bring up a great point. You know, it's twofold. I think you don't know what you don't know, and so that's where um, uh, individuals can step up and really help students kind of start thinking about the conversation and having dialogue. And I definitely agree with you in taking that ownership piece a lot earlier um, and recognizing that not only is your career your responsibility, your education is your responsibility as well um, and doing the necessary research. And so one of my tips that I give uh, millennials um, when we're talking about the job search process, um, both as they're in school and then once they um, have graduated, is to really work their network. Um, I believe in the six degrees of separation. I believe you're six introductions away from anyone in the world. You've just got to be strategic in looking at your network and realizing that the faculty and staff, um, your friends, um, your friends' parents, um, your cousins, uh, aunts and uncles, people that you meet when you're out um, at different events, they are a part of your network. Um, and so really being um, inquisitive um, and open to learning more about their career path and their job search process, um, who they know, who they work for, um, you know, doing your due diligence, informational interviews, in addition to that research we talked about, building relationships, um, getting a mentor, those things are all really important in helping 
um, the job search process and helping millennials kind of figure out and navigate everything post-graduation. Yeah. Well, Kayla, it's hard to believe, but we are almost up with our time with you, and I just want you to be able to share with listeners how they can find you, connect to you, your your LinkedIn profile, Twitter, whatever it is that, that you want people to do to find you. Awesome. Thank you so much for that opportunity. I really enjoyed it. Enjoyed it. It's hard to believe that our time has gone by so fast, but for your listeners, um, those that are listening live or those that are listening by podcast, please feel free to reach out to me. You can reach me directly through our Twitter handle, which is at InterviewSnob, and it's InterviewSnob, S-N-O-B. You can connect with us there. I am, of course, on LinkedIn. It's Gala Jackson, G-A-L-A Jackson. You can connect with me there. Please send me a personalized note letting me know that you were listening uh, to this broadcast so I can identify who you are. Um, you can also connect with us on Facebook. Uh, we are at facebook.com forward slash interview snob. Go and like our page. We're very active on our social media channel, so you can connect with us there. Um, of course, please do visit our website, www.interviewsnob.com, for our services, blogs, connections to um, other resources and information and some really cool projects that we've been working on this year and what we're getting ready to do in 2015, and even some speaking engagements if you want to catch me live. Um, and then last but not least, if you want to talk more in depth or have some questions or would like to take advantage of our services, you can connect with us at contact us, contact us at interviewsnobsnob.com. Great. Gila, well, thank you for coming on the show. And if you're listening, stick around. I'm going to close this up for you and provide a few more insights that you might want to pay attention to as you're out there as a millennial trying to navigate the career world. So we'll be back in just a few minutes. And if you're interested in connecting with Gala, that's G-A-L-A Jackson. And she gave you all of her contact information there at an interview snob. So thank you, Gala. And thank you. And we'll be right back for the closing of the show. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network you know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career you can have the foresight skills and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities a strategic advantage and career expert marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused get found and get hired Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. The way we do banking today continues to evolve. No longer is it just brick and mortar locations or traditional bankers hours. Today, banking is 24-7. It's in the home. It's on the go. It's digital. Tune in to Breaking Banks with Brett King for a look at how traditional banking as we know it has changed due to a loss of trust, changing economic conditions and consumer behavior, government involvement, and of course, technology. What does it all mean? Listen every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. 
Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at a strategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant, and we just said goodbye to Gayla Jackson, who was talking about the millennial career path, the millennial career cycle, and she gave some great, great input and just some structure around this, especially if you're a parent, but even if you're a millennial out there kind of wondering why you're struggling and thinking about what makes us different, right? And I say us because, yes, I too am a millennial and and really pointed out three or four great things here to think about, right? That that we've got the most education, that we had access to this education, and that sometimes we can think that this education means more than it does, right? And in our parents' generation and even the X generation right before us, a degree was differentiating. For millennials, it's not. And that's challenging, right? Because our parents told us and and somehow we just thought, that if we got this degree, it would mean great things for us, right? It would automatically put us where we wanted to be. And that's just not reality, right? And we can spit into the wind all we want, but the reality of it just keeps hitting us right in the face that it's not a differentiator. And so I see a lot of millennials and sometimes even older, if you want to call us that, older millennials, who are trying to promote that degree as a differentiator, and it's not. If you have experience, and, and actually, even if you're a new grad, we have to promote your education as experience on your resume, your LinkedIn profile. I don't want your education at the top of your LinkedIn profile, right? It's not a differentiator. So it's figuring out a way to build your brand, as Gayla was talking about, around something that's specialized around some way that we can build your experience, not necessarily your education. Now that experience might have come from your education, but there are ways that we can express it on all of those mediums that will help you look experienced, not just educated. And there's a difference. The second thing is to realize that we're, we are technologically advanced. Right, We had access to more technology than anyone else and maybe even a better use of technology than some of those who are younger than us because I think some of the how to actually use the technology has gotten watered down. But you, you must know how to use that technology, not just how to play on it, right? I've met some new grads who don't know how to use an Excel spreadsheet to do anything or use Word to create anything. And so make sure that you're not just technologically advanced, but that you actually know how to use the technologies as a tool. But then also capitalize on your knowledge of technology. Blog. Blog about positive things that make you sound like an expert. Right? I don't I don't need the negative 
woe is me kind of stuff out there. And, and most of the time, our generation doesn't really do that. But watch out for that. And how can you blog in a way that makes you sound like the expert? How can you blog in a way that builds your brand in a direction that makes sense? And then thinking about parents. Now, what is that relationship with you? And how is it maybe hurting or helping your career? Right? If you're still at home, there might be some practicality parts of that, right? The house price and job pay differential is incredible, and I get that. Are you just there because you want to be, right? Or, or is, there, is that helping or hurting your career? And I think that's something that we all really have to look at, whether it's with our parents or whatever it is, those relationships within our life. How can we make sure that they're supporting and not enabling? And again, there's a difference. So thinking about all of those pieces, but then also that there's a piece to millennials and some of our older colleagues are starting to figure this out, right? That millennials will work because they love it. Millennials will work because they're passionate about it. Millennials will work in jobs where they get the meaning. And it's not that we want to be the CEO. It's that we want to know how what we are doing every day makes a difference. And if you don't get that if you're not a millennial or maybe you're a millennial and you don't get it that comes from watching our parents think about our parents generation where they worked for the same company for 30 40 years and a day before they were supposed to get their pension or retirement or whatever it was they got laid off and so we as millennials don't work for that, although we might want the paycheck and we want to make our living, as, as Gayla was talking about. We aren't going to sell our soul for that. We want to know that we're doing something meaningful, and in some way we want to know that we're in charge of our own direction. Sometimes that can get confused as wanting to be in control of the world, but it's not. We just want to be in control of our own direction. And you can take control of your own direction without having to be in control of the world. And it's okay to be looking for that meaning. It's okay to be looking for something meaningful. And there's going to be a process to get there that's not going to be direct. There is no shortcut. If you wait for the perfect job, You'll be waiting forever. So I want to take you back with me. And I've told you this story before, but if you're new listening today because you're a millennial, my second job, I guess, was at on this Colorado State campus. And I had been in advising and student development and really had more autonomy and power and fun in my job than I probably was, was due in my first job. And so in my second job, I was in a closet as an accounting assistant in a department with less than 15 students. So I saw nobody. And I hated it. Right? I absolutely hated it. 
but it was a step in the direction that I wanted to go. It was a step towards academic advising. It was a step towards what I do today. And that's reality. And I think sometimes when, I, especially our generation, watches our peers, right, Mark Zuckerberg, all these people who just kind of float into what we see anyways as floating into this great success it's just not reality for most of us. For most of us, it's going to be a process. For most of us, there's going to be jobs we hate. There's going to be paychecks that suck. And that's just part of the process. So when you're looking for that next job and you start to feel the paralysis of this is it, I would hesitate with you and just think, is it at least in the right direction? Because the step may not be ideal, But if the step is in the right direction, take it. If it's on the general path, take it. If it's way outside the lines and it doesn't fit at all, then we might have to think about that. What what really are we doing here? Does this make sense or is it just going to take us off course? So if you're looking to get back on track... You're more than welcome to reach out to Gayla. She gave her you her information there at Interview Snob. You're also welcome at any time to reach out to me. Ask me a question. Keep listening to the show. I'm at Marie, M-A-R-I-E, at astrategicadvantage.com. Also on LinkedIn and Twitter, at Work With Purpose. So we look forward to seeing you right back here next week on the Career Confidant to give you more tools that you need to keep your career moving forward and under your control. So we'll be back next week right here on the Career Confidant. Thank you for listening to The Career Confidant. Marie Zimanoff will return again with another terrific guest next Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Be sure to join us then.